every step of the way. And listen, you say, man, it's been a hard four or five years. Well, I heard somebody say, one day you've lived 60 years. And so God's been good those other years. And so there, look, we've got a lot more gains, Austin, than we do losses. Amen? And so um, we can sit around and look at all the negative in our life. Or we can go ahead and just say, you know what, God? You've been good, and I'm going to give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. And so thank God for His goodness. And uh, listen, it, it doesn't run out. His mercy endures forever. And uh, His faithfulness endures forever. You say, well, I'm glad I've made it safe this far. Listen, He's going to take you the rest of the way. His mercy doesn't run out after four or five years, Brother Chuck. His mercy is good all the way to the very end. And so uh, you don't have to worry about God running out of mercy and goodness. He's going to endure with us to the very end. Amen. And amen. Avery, thank you, thank you for singing that song. And Elijah, thank you for keeping time for her and playing at just the right sound so she could be heard. That takes a lot of uh, being attentive to that. I appreciate that. All right, Mark chapter number 1. Mark chapter 1 this morning. I want to read just one verse this morning. The gospel according to Mark chapter number 1. And I want to read verse number 17. Mark chapter 1 verse 17. Please stand up with me this morning as we honor the reading of the Word of God. Mark chapter 1 17. The Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the honor it is to be in church today. Thank you for the privilege that we have to sit with our families, our husbands and wives and moms and dads and sons and daughters. Thank you for the privilege we have today. And God, I just ask that you would truly open our eyes to all the ways you've been a good God in our lives. God, we know bad things happen, but you are a good God. And we know that you're a good God. And there's none good but you. And Lord, we know that all things are working together for the good to those that love you and the called according to your purpose. And God, we believe that God is for us. And we thank you for that. And if you be for us, God, nothing is against us. And we pray, God, you bless the time in your word this morning. Open our eyes, our ears, our understanding. And God, I ask that you would create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit with us. God, restore unto us the joy of thy salvation and uphold us, God, with thy free spirit. In Jesus we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. We have here Jesus has called his disciples to follow him. Jesus speaks to the early disciples and his call was, come follow me. And Jesus didn't just call men out of their everyday life for no reason. He didn't just save men. He didn't just save women, boys and girls to one day go to heaven. But He said, you come follow me and you will become fishers 
of men. Jesus had an intent, a goal. I want to say this to everybody here today. Jesus, when He saved you, the day He saved you, the hour He saved you, it may have been a Monday, it may have been a Tuesday, it could have been a Thursday or Sunday, but the moment God saved you, He saved you for a purpose. He saved you to be part of His plan and His work and He invites us into that. Jesus tells the disciples, look, I have called you to follow me because there's some things that will be produced in your life that I'm looking for in my followers. Jesus, when He calls the disciples, there's three particular things that He tells them. He tells them, first of all, that they should be men of faith. I want you to know this, when you follow Jesus, it requires faith. Hebrews 11 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it takes faith to follow Jesus. It takes believing God, trusting God, in spite of everything you see. When Jesus called these disciples to follow Him, He told them, look, you must have faith in who I am and who I say that I am. It requires faith. He also said that He wanted them to follow Him. You know, salvation isn't the end. Salvation is the beginning. It's where we begin a life of following Jesus, following His teachings, following Him spiritually, following His commands, following what Jesus said. In other words, Jesus wants us to be followers of Him. The third thing He says here, uh, He talks about this call is of faith, of following, but He says it should result in fishing. He says, look, I want you to have faith in me for salvation. Then I want you to follow me. Can I just say this? The best life to live is a life following Jesus Christ. That is the best life to live. You can live any life you want. God gives every man, woman, boy and girl right to choose what kind of life they live. But if you'll live a life following Jesus, that'll be the best life on this earth. But then he says, look, the outcome of that is I desire that you be fish Fishermen, I desire that you fish for other people that they might follow Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, look, I want you to become fishers of men. I, I want to look at that phrase for a little while this morning, fishers of men. I want to give you a few things this morning about this fishing that I believe we can apply to our life and allow God to use us in very practical ways in our life. I remember as a young boy, my dad loves to fish. He enjoys going out and catching any kind of fish. He likes to fish. Fishing wasn't my really high priority. I really didn't enjoy fishing very much. I like catching, but I really didn't enjoy the fishing part of it. I would rather go walk around, shoot a gun, chase a squirrel, do something like that. But my dad loved to fish. Now, the reason that I didn't like fishing very much was fishing takes a lot of work. You know that? Fishing takes takes a lot of work. Uh, it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of time to get ready to fish. As a matter of fact, uh, when we were in Georgia a few uh, last month, we took the boys uh, to catch some fish. I told my cousin, I said, don't take me anywhere, I got a fish. 
I want to catch them. And man, there was a, a, a pond out in a cow pasture. It was five foot deep, and there was 5,000 catfish in it, I think. As soon as we caught probably 40 or 50 in about 20 minutes, it was a wonderful time of fishing. But did you know I did not get to even cast one line? You know why that is? There was about 12 of my nephews and my boys fishing out there, and the whole time I was tying on hooks putting on bait, putting on a floater, all the, taking fish all. I never got to reel a fish in. You know, fishing takes so much work for the adults. You know, when my dad took me fishing, I wonder why he stayed so aggravated. It was because he was having to get my line out of the trees and get mine off the bottom of the, uh, bottom of the river. And me and my brother would get our rods all tangled up fishing. It just takes a lot of preparation. I'm going to give you a few things about being a fisher of men. I want you to see number one Jesus wants you and I to go after men. He wants us to be a fragrance that attracts men to salvation. Listen I want you to know there's two kinds of people in the world they're not black and white, red or yellow they're lost and saved there's only two kinds of people walking on planet earth. Those that are saved by the good grace of God or those that God wants to save by His grace and Jesus said that He has called you and me to faith he has called you and I to follow so that we might become fishers of men. I want you to see to fish, number one, it requires a lot of preparation. You know, Jesus tells the disciples, you come follow me and you will become fishers of men. He did not say follow me and you are a fisher of men. It takes time to become a fisher of men. It takes preparation. It takes effort. It takes time and requires some diligence in preparing to be a fisher of men. Let me give you three things real briefly about preparation. I want you to see, number one, we are preparing ourselves with our testimony. Did you know that your testimony is the bait? Amen there. John, don't aggravate your brother now. My goodness. You know, there, listen, there, there, there are, uh, you, did you know your testimony is the bait that God uses to attract people to Jesus Christ? Listen, our testimony is the bait. And listen, Jesus is the hook. Never allow your testimony to be the hook, but allow Jesus to be the end result and the end goal of your testimony. It reminds me over in John chapter number 4 and verse 39. There was a lady that came down to a well and Jesus met this woman and he changed her life. He told her everything that she had ever done. And now this woman was so stirred by what Jesus did for her. He, she was so touched that Jesus Christ would give her time and attention that she went back to her city and began telling everyone her testimony of what Jesus had done in her life. I want you to see what the Bible records about this woman. In verse 39, the Bible says this, And many of the Samaritans of that city, listen, believed on him. Who? Jesus. Why? For the saying of the woman which testified. Did you get that? This woman had an experience with Jesus Christ. And listen, 
and she couldn't help but to tell somebody what she had seen and what she had heard. You know, the best thing that could happen to you and the best thing that could happen to me, if you and I would get a good case of the contagious, can't help us. If we would get a disease where we just couldn't help but tell the world about what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. I mean, has God done anything for you? Has Jesus saved you from a devil's hell? Has Jesus gave his life for you on a cross? Listen, if you've been saved by the grace of God, by faith in Jesus Christ, you have a testimony that God can use to lead others to faith in Christ. See, we fish with our testimony. We prepare ourselves to share. Now notice what the Bible goes on to say in John 4. He told me all that I ever, ever I did and many more believe because of his own words. See, she shared her testimony that brought them to Jesus. They heard Jesus for themselves and they believed because of Jesus' own word. And I love this. It says, and said unto the woman. Now, this is down in about verse 40, 41. Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. See, this woman went out to share her testimony. You say, Brother John, I, I don't know how to fish. I don't know what to do. Listen, I want you to know this. Um, when I was a young boy fishing, my dad always knew what kind of bait to provide. And he always knew if we needed night crawlers, if we needed grub worms, if we needed artificial lures, if we needed topwater bait, if we needed sinker, whatever. He always knew what we needed. And dad, I'd say, Dad, I don't know the technique. He'd say, Son, just get the bait out in the water. It will attract a fish somewhere. And listen, you don't have to know the ins and outs of salvation, the ins and outs of eschatology, the ins and outs of all church history. But if you've got a testimony, if you've been saved, get that out in the water. Get that out in the world. Get that out in the workplace and tell people what good things God has done in your life. It takes time learning to share your testimony. Practice sharing your testimony. In a nutshell, who were you before you met Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? And what difference has Jesus made in your life? You can tell people how to know Jesus. Look, tell your story. Listen, don't hide your scars. Don't hide your past. Don't hide your failures. Bring it to the light and allow the world to see that Jesus forgives sinners. Allow the world to see that Jesus forgives drug addicts. That Jesus forgives people that have abortions. That Jesus forgives people that get divorced, that Jesus forgives alcoholics, that Jesus can save liars, that Jesus can save thieves. we got to tell the world where God found us and the shape that we were in so that Jesus may save them. Look, your testimony is the bait. Get them to Jesus Christ. Not only this preparation of our testimony, but also the preparation of the Scripture. 
Listen, we need to prepare ourselves with the Word of God, the Scripture, God's Word. There's a verse that I love. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Notice what Peter writes here by the Spirit of God. He says, being born again. Isn't that what we want for every lost person? Ye must be born again. No man can enter into the kingdom of God except he be born again. We want to see men and women born again. Listen, that's not a Baptist word. That's not a Methodist word. That's not a Presbyterian word. That's not a Catholic word. Listen, that is a B-I-B-L-E word. Ye must be born again. He says being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible. Listen, by the word of God. By the word of God. That that is the seed of God. the, The sperma of God that gives life to everyone that receives His word. It brings life. Which liveth and abideth forever. Listen, you and I, we need to prepare ourselves to be fishers of men by knowing the Scripture, knowing the Word of God. That is what God uses. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we share the Word of God, it does a miraculous work in the lives of men and women. Let me me give you a few verses to write down. These are good verses to mark in your Bible. These are good verses to carry in your pocket. They're good verses to keep on your phone. These verses, you can use these verses to lead somebody to faith in Jesus or to tell them how to be saved. I want you to see Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What a great way to share with somebody the condition of the world. What a great answer when somebody says, Hey, why all the sin? Why all the murder? Why all the, the, the lying and the cheating and the blasphemy why all the all these things why the the the, the destruction of why all these things it's easy to give the answer you you say what's the answer well the bible says in romans 3 and verse number 23 for all have sinned listen the reason the world's in the shape it's in is all have sinned the reason men hate men and there's racism and there's murder and there's rape and adultery and idolatry is for all have sinned and they've come short they've fallen short they've missed God's mark of the glory of God that's why all men have sinned a good second verse to remember to share is found in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23 what a what an easy way to share Romans 6 23 you can say listen all have sinned and can I tell you for the wages of sin is death can I tell you that if you sin against God the consequent is death not only a spiritual death at the, in this life not only a physical death in this life but ultimately that final death death where men are separated from God for eternity in a place called hell. And listen, the wages of sin is death. And you can share with somebody, listen, I want you to know you've sinned, I've sinned, we've all sinned. But listen, God says the wages, the earnings, the payday of my sin is ultimate death in hell. 
And then you can say, but I want to tell you the gift of God. I want to tell you that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, every sinner, every man, every boy, every girl, whosoever believeth in Him should not, should not perish. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Listen, God offers a gift of eternal life. And you tell the world you can't earn it, you can't keep it. Listen, God gives it as a gift. Through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, when you arm yourself with the Scripture, you can walk men and women spiritually and how they can see they're a sinner. They can see the payment and penalty of sin. They can see that God is a Savior. Another verse you can share is found in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. And then you can share with that person you're talking to that if thou, if you personally, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Somebody says, how can I be saved? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Not maybe, not might so, not hope so. You shall be saved. Then he goes on to say, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then the Bible says, so after you share that, after you give that gospel message, and if somebody receives Christ and believes on Jesus, then you bring the next verse for the Scripture, saith, whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. You go tell somebody that Jesus saved you. You don't be ashamed of the gospel. You don't hide the power of God unto salvation. Don't be ashamed. If you've been saved, don't be ashamed. If you've met Jesus Christ, don't hide your candle under a basket. Put it out for the world to see. We see here we need to prepare ourselves with our testimony. Prepare ourselves with scripture. And listen, we need to prepare ourselves with prayer. That the Bible says in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3, with all praying also for us. What should we be praying, Spirit of God? That God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Listen, we should pray. We should say, God, I've got my testimony. God, I've got a few scriptures written down. And God, now I need an opportunity. Now I need some fish. Now I need to find me a place. God, give me somebody to bait in with my testimony so I can give them the hook of God's Word, Jesus Christ, so they might be saved just like you and I. Listen, it takes preparation to be a fisher of men. Let me ask you this. Are you prepared? You say, Brother John, I don't feel prepared. Let me ask you this. Are you saved? You say, yes, I'm saved. Then you've got one thing you need, a testimony. Tell somebody how Jesus saved you. Number two, fishing, I noticed as a young boy, doesn't only require preparation. It took a lot of work. Dad be up all night fixing them leaders, getting all this together, getting that together, this together, all in the evening, the day before. It took a lot of preparation. But 
Secondly, it takes a lot of planning. You know, if you're going to be a successful fisherman, it takes some planning. In other words, no one catches fish in his armchair. He must get out in the water where the fish are at. Do you know that? It takes some planning to be a fisherman. Listen, we must be intentional about sharing the good news. It never happens by accident. Listen, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. If you aim at nothing, you'll always hit that mark. Nothing. Listen, it takes planning. It, it takes where you're going to go. Well, where are you going to go? When are you going to go? What are you going to do when you get there? My dad would always have a fishing hole picked out. He'd, all, he'd say, son, today we're going out to Lake Oconee. Today we're going to Lake Lanier. Today we're going down at Barnet Shoals Dam. Today we're going back at the Carries Lake. Today we're going out here. We're going to Santee Cooper. He always had... We never just went out and drove. And he said, well... There's a swimming pool. Let's try that. No, listen. He had studied where he was going to go. He had planned the day ahead. Listen, if we don't plan well, then we shouldn't expect God to perform in what we're doing. Listen, it's not God's fault the church house is empty. It's not God's fault that people aren't being saved. God has put that responsibility on our heart. And listen, in our, in our court, and listen, poor planning means poor results. If we don't aim and if we don't have somewhere to go, if we don't have a mission and a, a vision of how God's going to use our life and use our testimony and use our church, listen, we'll, we'll be, we can get to heaven singing kumbaya, but listen, if we're going to be fishers of men, it takes some planning on our part. Brother and sister, we've got a plan to be fishermen. We've got a plan to be, I, what do you call a lady fisherman? Do you call her a fisherwoman? What do you, fish lady? Fi, what do you call it? Is, are they fishermen too? Okay, praise the Lord. Well, listen, fishermen. It takes some planning. It takes some strategy. Uh, I remember some years ago, my dad and I, we went fishing. No, my cousin and I, Tony, we, we went fishing down at the Rosses Lake. See, when I was 12, I had a job working in the greenhouse. Uh, there was a bunch of greenhouses, and my job as a 12-year-old boy was I would go to all the greenhouses and pull weeds. It was an evergreen nursery. And by the time I got to the last greenhouse, guess what? It was time to start right back there. There's probably 50 greenhouses. And I remember one of the benefits of that job, which I hated that job. It was hard work. My, it was hot, dirty, nasty. I was a low man on the totem pole, 12 years old. <laughs> Listen, I, I remember the benefit of that job was I got to fish at the Ross's Pond. They had a fishing pond, a little fishing boat. And I said, hey, look, do you mind if I fish? Me and my cousin Tony went fishing one day. And listen, I remember I saw something stirring over there by them green, that green grass. It was a bass pond. And I remember I said, Tony, what do you think I should throw over there? And I was just 12. He said, hey, try, try this watermelon this, try this pumpkin this. Oh, whatever. I don't even know what he was talking about. And look, I remember I cast. And he said, look, let, let's move the boat around to this side. We'd, we'd move the boat around. And listen, I kept on fishing that one little spot. I probably fished that spot for an hour. My cousin, we, we saw something stirring. And he kept trading out lures, trading out baits, kept moving the boat. And guess what? Finally, fine, I don't know if I aggravated the fish. I don't know if I finally got what he was hungry for. But all of a sudden, that bass took hold of my line. Look, I'm t it was a seven-pound bass. And that was big. I was, I was impressed. I was fired up. But you know what? It took some 
planning to do that. Listen, brother and sister, if you're going to be a fisher of men, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. Look, I, I hate to say it, but what a, what a shameful thing it could be to lay our head down at night not having fished for men. God have mercy on me for every night I've laid my head down after a day and not been intentional about fishing for men. What else are we here to do? Let me give you this last one here. It, don't, it takes some preparation. It takes some planning. And listen, it takes perseverance. My goodness, there is nothing worse than being on a boat with a man that has a short fuse and no patience. Oh my goodness. And when you're not in charge, it is the most miserable day. Listen, I'm telling you, I remember some times going fishing. And listen, I went fishing. And this is why I don't think I like fishing, Brother Ben. I went fishing with some persistent folk. You say, what do you mean? Listen, I'm telling you, I went one night, look, one time my cousin Glenn invited me to go fishing with him and Scott. He said, I don't know what this meant. He said, the shad are running. I said, what is a shad? He said, it's time where all the fish, these little bait fish start running. We put some lights in the water and we'll fish all night. I said, well, that's going to be fun. Listen, we fished from sundown, listen, to sun up. We didn't catch one blessed fish. And the whole time I was thinking, you know, can we please leave? I think that's why I'm like, my dad would go fish from early morning till late afternoon and not catch a blessed fish. Now who has time for that? Like who wants to do that? There, there is nothing fun about that, Brother Jeff Snyder. There ain't one blessed thing fun about it. I bet your daughters don't fish, do they? Oh, well, praise the Lord. You must know where to catch them. But you know, fishing takes perseverance. You, I took, well, I took, I think one of my boys deer hunting one time. I, no, I took Brandy deer hunting one time. You know, Brandy and I, I thought it'd be romantic. <laughs> Up in a deer stand, blinds. I thought, man, this is going to be romantic. We ain't got no kids, I don't think. This was going to be a romantic time. We sat down up there and 15 minutes passed and she said, well, where are the deer? I said, well, we got to wait on them. She said, well, how long? I said, well, sometimes an hour, sometimes two, sometimes four. And I said, sometimes we'll hunt for a long time and not see anything. She says, we're going home. I'm done. She's never been back. You know, you know fishing and hunting take perseverance. I mean, you can't stop because you get discouraged. You can't stop because you come home empty. You can't quit and say, you know what, maybe that's not for me. When it comes to fishing for the souls of men, there's a battle involved. And listen, we can't quit and say, well, I've tried that. I, I've attempted that. I, I've made an effort at that. Look, it takes some sticking with it. It takes, takes some perseverance. Amen, Brother George? Some stickability. It takes some stickability in, in, in fishing. Listen, no one makes one cast then goes home, unless you're me. Most of the time, a trip to the water is described better by fishing than catching. Isn't that the truth? Look, keep on casting, brother and sister. Keep on fishing for men. 
I read something the other day by Charles Spurgeon. He wrote this. I want you to hear what he says. If we never do any work for Christ, except when we feel up to the work, we shall not do much. We must be always at it until we wear ourselves out, throwing our whole soul into the work and in all weather for Christ's sake. Listen, as a church, as saved people, as followers of Jesus, can we say, can we say today that we're giving all to ensure the lost world is hearing the gospel? Can we say that? Can we honestly look into our own heart and say, God, I'm doing everything possible to make sure that the lost world is hearing about Jesus. I'll be honest, as I search my own heart, I say, dear Lord, I, there's room for improvement in my life. God, there, there's room for me to improve and get my antennas uh, alerted to people around me. Brother and sister, it takes perseverance. Looking for lost souls, it takes a lot of time, a lot of work, staying at it, even when you don't see any results. Even when we don't see anything, Jesus said this. He said, follow me and you shall become fishers of men. You know, one thing I, and I say this uh, in a hyperbole, an over-exaggeration. You know what I kind of wish Brother Scott Jesus would have said there? You know, and I'll make you catchers of men. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice if he said, hey, if you follow me, you'll be catchers of men. He never said you catch them. He said, but you'll be fishers of men. That's why they call it hunting, because you may not get anything. That's why they call it fishing, because you may not get anything. Look, look, Uno, you like it if Dad said, hey, we're going killing today. Wouldn't you like that? When he says, some are going hunting today, there's a fault. You know, I could stay home, drink lemonade, hang out on the trampoline, have a good time with all my toys, or I could go sit out in the woods with my dad for the next eight hours and maybe come home empty-handed. But if your dad says, some are going to go out and kill something, guarantee it, you'd be on it like a, a duck on a June bug. Jesus said, listen, believers, you follow me, and you'll become fishers of men. You may not catch any, but I want you to be obedient to fish. Brother and sister, are you fishing? Am I fishing? Are we as a church fishing for men? I want to finish with this. Miss Elaine, if you'll come to the piano, if you don't mind. Brother Ben, would you accompany your dear mother? Oh, and your father, praise the Lord. Happy Father's Day. Let's stand to our feet if we can. I love this verse. Proverbs 11, verse 30. And he that winneth souls is wise. Brother and sister, may God give us wisdom as a church, as, as believers, individually and corporately. See, see, I believe the Scripture teaches personal responsibility. Each of you personally 
Brother Mike's personally responsible. Brother Chris, personally responsible. Brother Philip, Miss Bailey, Miss Janie, Brother Chuck, Brother Red. Individually, personally responsible, fishers of men. But then I believe corporately as a church, corporately together as a body, that we're to be together about the business of fishing for men. Women, boys, and girls of all shapes, all sizes, all colors, all backgrounds. The other day somebody said to me, Am I going to hell because I'm a Catholic? I said, the only reason people go to hell is they don't trust Jesus as their Savior. Somebody asked me the other day, Brother John, do Mormons go to hell? The only people I know that go to hell are those that hadn't been saved by the grace of God. Brother John, do Baptists go to hell? Only people that have never trusted Jesus as their Savior. I don't care what title you give them. I don't care what color they are, what background they are. If you've never been saved by the blood of Jesus, by His sacrifice, by the price He paid, if you've never been saved, then you won't make it to heaven. You must come through Jesus Christ. You must come through Christ. And that's, th that's true. That's true for every American, every African, every Indian, every Russian, every Croatian, every creature must come through Christ. And we're to be fishing for those men. I wonder, as Brother Ben sings in a moment, I wonder if you come to this altar with me this morning and say, Lord, I want to be more on point and task about fishing for men. Lord, 